epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Backing down a lefty hook. Breaks it in. With your host, Gallius Anderson. Stop it down behind his head. Sekou Smith. The tipping is good at the buzzer. Now it's time for the tip. Merry New Year. <laughs> the Hangtime Podcast. Kicking it off for 2011, Sekou Smith from the Hangtime blog, NBA.com. Langston J. Whitaker, executive editor of Slam Magazine, my co-host. Lang, how you doing? Good, man. Good. And then our super duper crazy <laughs> third member of the podcast, 3D Dennis Scott. What's happening, sir? Oh, man, I'm just excited to be here, of course, for 2011, the first podcast to rock with you guys. And uh should be a fun show today. And, and, of course, we're talking about the game we all love so dearly. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad to see t- 2011, man. I had strep throat last week, so. First time in you know in twenty five years that I had strep throat. Wow! It took it, so you a real warrior. We didn't get you on never, the fantasy show. It yeah. took you that long to to get you out of work for a couple of days. Yeah, never had strep throat before in my life. So you know, you wake up. You know, Heather kept telling me you got you got strep throat. I was like, nah, it's just a little sore throat. It'll be all right tomorrow. <laughs> no, really, you got strep throat. She's like, I had it every year when I was growing up. I was like, no, it's not. I said, it's just a sore throat. It'll be fine. This was Tuesday we started. Remember I was sick last yeah, Tuesday was doing a right. job? That's right. Friday morning, I was swallowing razor blades. I was like, uh, yep. maybe you're right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm going to start listening to you. I must not be hard-headed. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you're right, baby. But, uh, but Lang, you, uh, what would you do for for the uh, holidays, man? What would you do for I Christmas and New Year? My wife and I came to Atlanta for Thanksgiving, and we were there for like a week. So uh-huh. we were there you know, eight days, and it felt like it's a little long. You know, felt like, <laughs> hey, we live here. Watch it now. Hey. No, hey, I'm from there. So it felt like you know, maybe for Christmas we'll cut it a little shorter. So we we were gonna come to Atlanta for three days, and on uh, Sunday night fly back to New York, and the the blizzard hit New York. Oh yeah. So we couldn't fly back Sunday night. So we got on a flight on uh, Tuesday morning. And that that got canceled. Nice. So my parents were going to Florida. So we were just like, you know what? Let's just go to Florida. So right. we. Hitched a ride with my parents, <laughs> spent the spent New Year's with my parents down in Florida, and then uh, flew back yesterday. So instead of a three day Christmas break, I had a forced <laughs> nine day. Yeah, how break. terrible, you know? Yeah, it was. It could have been better. It could have been worse. Christmas vacation, baby. Yeah. What about three D? What'd you do? Well, for for me, Christmas was great. You know, to be a, a five year old nowadays, all the I put a Hot Wheels set together. And, Did you get that train put together? Oh man, I finally got it put together. So he's <laughs> man makes too much noise. I don't know what I got myself into. <laughs> and then uh, New Year's Eve, I guess I'm getting old. Normally, I, normally I come in with great stories for you guys. <laughs> By one thirty, quarter to two, I was snoring. Oh wow! <laughs> so I you know went out to dinner with the wife and a couple of her friends and came back. We toasted and. 
Watch Dick Clark. Now, that's another story within itself. Dick Clark, will you please pass that torch to Ryan Seacrest and <laughs> go on and somewhere? We love you, Dick, but man. Somebody else, I saw somebody else said that. Uh, we like, lo- listen to me. I've been watching Dick Clark. I think everybody Clark. said that. Yeah, I really? Think it's been about the last three I don't years. Watch it. The last three years, Dick, you need to go ahead and pass the torch. We love oh, you. Really? You're a legend. Yeah, I'm a Hall of Famer, all the above. But outside of that, guys, I was I was asleep by 2 o'clock. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't even watch it. Michael, I, I know you uh, did it big for uh, the holidays. You had to do something. Well, the sad thing is, is I'm with 3D on this one. Uh, New Year's used to be, you know, go to New Orleans, go to Tipitina's, go on Bourbon Street. Right. We were, we were, everybody had left my house by 12:30 after the ball dropped. Yep. Are you serious? Getting old. This is disgusting. I guess they told us, huh? When you get old, you get boring. <laughs> you, just, you just sit on the, just, you just sit on the couch, and tell stories. Waiting to go. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I see. Hey, I saw where LeBron James did it big for. Uh, did you see his birthday cake? Uh. Uh-uh. Did you see this thing, like, like Mike? Yeah. I, uh, now, what's his birthday again? I think it's like December thirtieth, the same as Tiger Woods or something like that. Oh, right? at the end of the year birthday. Okay. But I mean, have you, this cake is ridiculous. This is the this is the cake of cakes. It looks like I said it looked like the Ace of Cakes made it. <laughs> is that real cake? cake? Look like cake Henry. Balls. It looked like Henry the Eighth cake or something. I mean, is look that at this real thing. cake? Was it a, is that some fake cake? I don't. <laughs> it looked I mean, like, like mean, Liberace's cake. I mean, how I mean, can you bake that? I don't know. <laughs> you must have used a super oven. You know, it's hard, Seku, because I feel like we'd love to have him on as a guest at some point, but it's so hard not uh, to say things when he has a giant cake like that. I don't know. This what's the guy? What's my man's name? Don Magic Wand. This looks like uh, the yeah, cake yeah. Don Magic Wand would have. Yes. This is like a Snoop Dogg birthday cake. Man, you know, just a little bit on the decadent side. I don't even want to know what's in the cake itself. No, like it, me neither. It's Diamonds. Pretty, it's pretty impressive, though. I have uh, to say, it's I, pretty impressive. Whoever made it for him, you know, congratulations. Uh, well, I mean, kings on the, for kings. On the more serious matters, uh, glad glad everybody made it through to uh, 2011. Um, We're not allowed to take another week off, are we? I don't think so. No. I got I got five pretty uh, nasty emails last week <laughs> wanting to know who do we think we are. Not putting the podcast out, you know, to, to bring in the new year because we took last week off. We took a little. They high got mad at you guys. I got five really unchristmas like emails last week about. Well, it. good for those five so people five for listening people every week. Exactly. We applaud y'all. Exactly. Um, you know, so we were missed. Um, but now listen, uh, a tough, tough weekend for uh, the, the Dallas Mavericks. Karan Butler, uh, tendon, you know, patella tendon, maybe torn. I don't think I don't think the word has come down officially yet, has it, Micah? Um, no, it has not. And, and uh, Rick Carlisle has already put out a statement. You know how Rick is. You know yeah. him pretty well. Is that please, people, stop speculating until the MRI <laughs> comes out. And I yeah. said this on the fantasy show, Rick. I have to speculate because when I see a guy go up for a big time rebound and he grabs his knee before he elevates and comes to the floor, something's wrong, Rick. Yeah. So I'm not. We're not speculating. We're, we know we're not doctors, but when you see a guy grab his knee the way he did, you know he's injured. Yeah. Well, I mean, since we were last here on the show, Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki, mm-hmm. now Karan Butler, Brandon Roy has been experiencing some, you know, some knee issues that could sideline him. You know, I, I know they're talking long term. You know, in terms of the rest of the season, Lang is—is is it seem? I, I know every time this happens, we start asking ourselves, like, is this more than it's ever been, or is this? Is this as bad as it's ever been with these injuries to star players? But it, it it seems like it raises his head every year. You know, we go through a stretch where guys are just going down and, and crazy things are happening. It does. 
Well, you know, and I think it's look, we're we're at the like thirty five, almost at the halfway mark, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. guys are starting to wear down a little bit. And uh I mean look at the schedule some of these teams are playing, like the games every other night and on the road and I think it catches up to you after a while. That's a good point. Um so what what's the Lakers excuse then? Because they they they're talking crazy. Um I don't know if you guys saw that you know, Phil last night blasting Kobe. Yeah, that was, think, that was yeah. big. That and was I thought big. it was tongue in cheek. I think it's taken I think he was defending Kobe. Mm. If if you Is read it, the comment he says Kobe had to play like that and or what do you, what do you say screw up the offense Kobe or screwed up the game yeah i mean i watched it the video but, and i stuck it up on the hangtime blog it's, yeah, it's the like, you couldn't tell if he was you couldn't tell if he was if he was being Phil and and kind of needling the the, right. the reporters in the room or i think he was, was needling the the rest of the guys he said we here's a quote we get behind early on in the third quarter on some stupid plays poor passing poor transition defense and then kobe has to screw up the game and start energizing the team by going one on one that takes the rest of the guys out, and as a consequence, that didn't bring us back in. Well, for me, when you see Kobe go off like that, I mean, we, we all understand when you're playing with great players, sometimes it's hard not to stop and watch. Yeah. But for guys like Lamar who've been around him the last couple of years, they know they should know by now <clears throat> Excuse me, that they need to get in there and help out. And it's more so on the defensive end. When Kobe's hot – he doesn't need you to help him score no more. He needs you to help him on the defensive end because he's too busy carrying you on the offensive end. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – you know, they, they have some issues, but don't they go through this every year. Yep. They go through a stretch every year where I, – I made the joke. You remember that Sprite commercial where the, where the three guys are playing ball and, and then they go cut and they start talking like, you know – British stage actors. Yes. And the last dude was like, what's my motivation? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the Lakers always seem like that to me. Right. Like They're always trying to figure out what are we playing, you know, like what are we playing for now? Like they need an immediate goal to sustain them because they're I, not going to play at that high level all year long. I kind of go back to what Steve Kerr said when he was on with us. Uh, yeah, I mean, I brought that up again too. Like I thought it was a good point he made. That how when you're in the third year of trying to, to three-peat, it's yeah. – he said that when he was with the Bulls, that was the toughest year, and it was just almost impossible because you're, you, in a way, maybe it's funny to say, but the motivation is, is tough to find, and you're exhausted and you're tired, and you know guys are gunning for Sick you every of each night. Other. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, to me, it looks like you see some of that. Like, they, you can get fed up. Kind of reminds me of like. When, speaking of old school, like that Sprite commercial, Seiku. Like I used to play Super Tecmo Bowl, <laughs> and I'd be like the Raiders or something, and I'd get tired of winning the Super Bowl every single time I play, I'd be like, well, I'm going to see how many yards I can get with Bo Jackson every game, or you know, I'm going to only throw the ball to this one dude. It, that, it seems like yeah. they're just making up things to give themselves something to care about because they've kind of been there and done that at this point. Well, I mean, it, it'd be different, Lang and, and Dennis, and, and y'all tell me if I'm wrong. If they had – if they didn't have anybody challenging them, you know, then you think they'd get bored. They got right. the Spurs and the Mavericks breathing down their neck this year. I mean, going at you know, going. What are they in the fourth spot right now mm-hmm. in the West? I mean, it's it's not like they're they're not being challenged by other teams that are legitimate championship caliber teams. And that's the part that you can't play around this year, because the Western Conference we know in the last what two, you know, last three or four years have been so tough. Where last year, Golden, uh, excuse me, uh, OKC won fifty games yeah. and they were an AFC. Yeah. And so you cannot, you know, take that lightly with the Lakers this year, knowing that you mess around, play OKC this year, and you slip, you know, you slip it in, in the stand, and you mess around and lose first round. Yeah, I'm just, I, I am really surprised that they're having 
this much difficulty this early in the season. If this would have happened like closer to All Star, or maybe after All Star, they hit a little tailspin. That that would have made more sense. But uh, you know, I'm I'm not gonna. I've learned my lesson about jumping to conclusions about somebody, bef- you know, before All Star break. We but we're I mean All Star break this year. I was looking. It's what February twentieth. Yeah. I mean that's that's a long time from. I mean that's not the midway point of the season. That's yeah. Closer to you know the seventy five percent two thirds mark, I think. Yeah, I mean because that stretch run to me is when you really find out. You know that's when teams that are trying to make the playoffs make it. That's when teams mm-hmm. trying to make a move up to get a top four seed make that move. You know what I mean? That's yeah. I I don't know. I, do you, I mean like? Do you feel like? Do you see some chink in the Lakers' armor this year, or do you think it's too early to worry about that? I think it's too early. I mean, look, they're, they're twenty three and eleven. I know. <laughs> yeah. well, it's not like they're they're, they're terrible. Or well, I mean, let me ask that question. Let me ask the question this way for you, Lane. Is it how they're losing and who they're losing to? I think that's what has people more concerned. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, what what do you think, Dennis? Do you think? I mean, yeah, they're six and four in their last ten games, but is it these losing by twenty points? Is that that the flag that that you look at and you're like, oh, that's what you got to worry about? You know, I think the tw- losing by twenty, and then also losing to Milwaukee, a team who cannot score. If you had Mandalay defense and you let them score, I think that's what drove people crazy. And they didn't have Brandon Jennings, and you let little Earl Boykins come in and run the show. And then you let Memphis come in the other night, and I think that's the one that people say, okay, wait a minute. We know Memphis is okay. We know Zach Randolph's going to give you 20 and 10. We know Rudy Gay's having a heck of a year because of his summer. But you had Mike Conley looking like a top five point guard in that game the other night. I was like, what in the world's going on out here? Yeah. So I think that's where Laker Nation is starting to have some concerns that will this linger, can this turn into a trend, and will you let too many games go by while San Antonio and Dallas and, and, and you know, maybe Denver, depending on what goes on with Carmelo, just different teams in the Western Conference could sneak up on you. Yeah. yeah. It's just so much drama that goes on throughout. I mean, we're just now turning the page to the new year, like, you know, and, you know, we're talking not even 40 games for a lot of people, and it's, it just seems like we've been through months and months of drama, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably like this every year, and, you know, you, when you do it long enough playing, I guess you just kind of get used to the pace. Um, but, yeah, uh, look, the Lakers, <laughs> we, we, we're banging on the Lakers here. They're 23 and 11. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 11 and 5 on the road, 12 and 6 at home. It's not like they, they fall apart. Right. Um, you know. I, th- I think the 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 thing that really jumps out at me though is that they're twelve and ten. All of their losses, all ten of them, I mean, or ten of the eleven losses rather, um, have or seven of the, tw- of the uh, losses. Excuse me, I'm looking at <laughs> the you, know, you are, man. Huh? I know. Are uh, are two teams in the West? You know, <laughs> and you know these are the teams they're going to deal with. Yeah. You know, come playoff time, and that's what you worry about. So. Uh, Excuse me, that was the uh, antibiotics wearing me out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you slide. We know your track record. I'm sitting there looking at the screen. It's like everything is blurring again. <laughs> but listen, one thing that, and this is what I love about young players. I, I wrote a blog post about this last week, kind of stepping on the toes of, of one of our good friends on the program here, Drew Packham, who uh, is the rookie guru for NBA.com, does our rookie ladder. Uh, Drew, how you doing, man? 
I'm good. How are you, Seku? Good, good. Got 3D Dennis Sky with me in the studio here and Lang Whitaker on the phone from New York. I I was just going to talk about the one guy who who seems totally oblivious to whatever else is ailing the rest of the league, Blake Griffin. I mean, an an absolute machine. I watched him yesterday. They played the Hawks, so I I, I definitely wanted to tune in to see what the Hawks forwards could do, you know, in terms of physically how they match up against him. He he could care less who he's playing against, right? Oh, it doesn't even matter. I mean, he still he he still put up what thirty one, thirty one and fifteen. Yeah, I mean that's just becoming like a normal night for him, and it's crazy how good he is so fast. I mean, that's two straight thirty games, thirty point games for him. I mean, nothing surprises me with this kid anymore. It's just unbelievable. Drew, you know, I, every night on the highlights we see Blake dunking all over everyone, but. The Clippers also have two other rookies who are, who are playing pretty well, and I, I don't know if those guys get as much attention or, or if they should be getting more attention. What can you tell us about Al Farouk Aminu and um, Eric Bledsoe? Well, I have them both in my top ten still. Um, Bledsoe's slipping a bit just because Davis has been playing a little bit more. Right. Um, I mean, early in the season he was getting a lot more minutes, and he was doing all right. You know, he was running the ship, and, you know, he was holding his own. And, you know, Aminu, same thing. You know, he was getting big minutes back for a while when those three were playing big minutes together, which was crazy, you know, seeing three rookies out there. Right. And uh, he started to come around again. And, you know, I like Aminu. He's athletic. He runs the floor. He always seems to be there, you know, finishing the break for him and stuff. And, you know, he's he's coming along, you know, better. He's getting better and better with each game. I, I like Aminu. I didn't, you know, when I saw him in Vegas, in the summer league, I wasn't very impressed, you know, and when I talked to him, I just, you know, I didn't get a good, you know, feeling that he was going to pan out, but, you know, he surprised me, and, you know, he's been on my top ten for, uh, he came back this week, actually, so. Okay. Uh, I, I think he could pan out. Let's talk about Evan Turner for a second. Lately, uh, he seems to be in Doug's Collins grace now that Iguodala's out. Now he's starting to play like the guy we thought he could be. Yeah, I mean, that one surprised me. That came out of nowhere because just a week or two ago, I mean, we were all – I mean, I personally was down on the guy. I was like, right. what What a bust, you know. And and uh, for whatever reason, he's uh, – I don't know if he's, you know, just kind of put everything behind him and just taking it easier or what, but he is he is playing really well over his last few games. He's had a, um, a couple solid games, and it surprised me. I, You know, he looks good out there. He's not – you know, forcing anything, and I think that might have been the problem. I don't know. Maybe he was trying to force it too much, but he looks more relaxed now, and I, I like what I'm seeing finally. Drew, do you think at the end of the season we could look up and it could seriously be a Landry Fields, Blake Griffin race for the rookie of the year? I mean, is that possible? Well, you know, I thought so for a while. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, and, I, I see you got him, you know, on the on the last rookie ladder. Um he, yeah, he's two for now on mine, but uh, he's, yeah. you know, and it's it's hard with Fields because, you know, he's, you know, the number five option on their team, but he still puts up decent numbers, yeah. you know, but it's hard to judge him by his numbers, but, you know, he has started to kind of come down to earth in the last week or so, you know, which, you know, for a guy that scores, you know, eight, nine points a game, coming down to earth is scoring five or six, you know, yeah. but. With the way Cousins and Wall are starting to play, I mean, those two are really starting to push push hard and coming on strong. So I think uh, I think even as soon as uh, 
tonight, you might see Fields slipping a little <laughs> bit in my ladder. So, well, it, it took us 10 minutes here talking about rookies before John Wall's name even got mentioned. Uh, you think uh, Wall's ready to, to, once he gets healthy, kind of turn it up, turn it on? That's what I'm hoping, and that's what I'm feeling. You know, he, you know, he's, uh, you see him getting a little bit better with each game back. You know, early the first couple back, he looked rusty. It was obvious, but yeah. I mean, he doesn't show. He's starting to show, you know, that quickness that that should be uh, what pushes him back up the the rankings here. I think he's going to be fine, and I think he's going to get better and better as the season goes. I think we're going to start seeing some, you know. 20-point, 10-assist games here, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be pretty regular, I hope. Can he catch Blake? Can he, You think he can catch him? Like, can he make it a, uh, a you know, like a neck-and-neck neck race? He could, he could make it a somewhat debate, but I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> if Griffin, I mean, Griffin could have a double-double the rest of the year, and it wouldn't surprise <laughs> us, right? Right. That's right. I mean, he's at 21 and counting or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I mean, would you be surprised if he finished with a double-double every game? No. I mean, no. not after watching him. No. Yeah. And, you know, all, I hear a lot of people complaining, saying, you know, all he does is dunk. But if you watch their games, that's, not, that's not all he's doing. No, that's not, not true. What's so wrong with only dunking? Truth. Why is that a bad thing? <laughs> yeah, because those people know, can't yeah. dunk. Those people can't <laughs> yeah. dunk. Most people that complain about dunking, they can't dunk. Maybe a donut in a coffee cup is the only thing they dunk. That's why they're complaining. <laughs> no, I, I watched him. You know, I was I was interested to see how he played against Al Horford yesterday, mm-hmm. and they're, they're kind of similar in that both of them will will spot up and you know like and face a guy up and shoot over you. Um, mm-hmm. Now Al doesn't finish at the rim the way Blake Griffin does, obviously, but the that that standstill jump shot. You know, I was like that was impressive to see from Blake Griffin at this stage of his career already. You know, like you can tell he's already. You know, very aware of the fact that he's not going to be able to get by just dunking on people forever. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get you know his two or three alley oops a game. You know, just throw it up near the rim. He's going to get those. But once he gets that that uh, mid range game going, I mean, this could be scary territory. You know. Yeah. Hey, hey, Drew. Let's go out to the West Coast for a second. Talk about John Wall's college teammate. He showed some flashes. We know he's already slipped up a little bit. But can we really believe in Cousins for the long haul? I mean, I want to say I want to say yes because you know you want the Kings to 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 pan out. You know, it, it'd be a good story, and uh, you know I, I hope so for his sake. And you know, I think uh, every one of these missteps that he does, like with the choking or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you just hope the kid learns from it. You know, and and obviously the last few games he's come around. You know, he's been huge for them the last what two three games. Yeah. Um, so you want to say. You know he's learning from his things, and I I hope for the king's sakes that he's uh he's learning from this stuff because he's he's got a lot of potential. I like what I see. You know another guy who like I think we haven't we haven't talked about him on here now, and uh, I think people kind of overlook or, or just aren't paying attention is Wes Johnson in Minnesota. Uh-huh. What can you tell us about his season so far? He's he's another guy that's getting better and better with every game, um, yeah. and the guy can shoot. I also, you know, he's also a fairly good defender. You know, he's he's really athletic, long. He can get in the lane. I, I like I like what he gives them. And uh, you know, when he's knocking down his shots, he, you know, things look really good for him. When he's not, you know, he he, he looks kind of bad. You know, but I I think he's going to be pretty good. 
Um, I like him as a shooter. I like what he gives to them. And, you know, the Wolves are a young, exciting team, and they're fun to watch. Uh, I love watching those guys, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Drew, do you think, uh, I mean, you know, every year, All-Star Weekend, we get a, a nice glimpse of the rookies against the, the uh, sophomores. Um, how do you think this rookie class stacks up to the group from last year at the same stage in terms of, you know, you had so many guards, obviously, last year having big seasons, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, Brandon Jennings had, I think he ripped that 55-point game off yep. in the first few weeks of the yeah. season, didn't he? I mean, so you had that. You had a lot of, you know, guys kind of step into the floor last year. This class, to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't seem like we've had four or five different guys, that you know, explode and have these monster nights. We've only, you know, basically the big number nights have come from Blake Griffin and John Wall when Wall was healthy. Yeah, and, you know, really this class, you know, there's there's four really good rookies that, you know, are my elite four right now, you know. I'm putting Landry Fields in there with, you know, Griffin, mm-hmm. Cousins, and Wall. Yeah. Those four are kind of separating themselves. And then after that, it's a lot of just kind of, you know, seven, eight points, you know, six point six rebound guys, you know, nobody doing anything really spectacular, but still contributing. And some of these guys, you know, as the playing time improves, they're going to see their numbers go up. And, you know, we're starting to see that with some of these guys. You know, I don't know how they're going to fare against the, in the sophomore, rookie sophomore challenge, but uh, uh, it'll be fun to see uh, Griffin going against these guys because uh, that should be a fun game to see. Yeah, he, sure. he might be able to set the uh, the rookie rookie challenge record for dunks. You think he, you think <laughs> yeah, he that, can get at least 25 dunks in that rookie challenge? <laughs> yeah, that would be fun to see. <laughs> How crazy would that be? Crazy. Well, listen, Drew, I, I don't know. You, you're so big time now. I mean, you know, T-Mobile, they're probably flying you all over the country. I can't believe it's taking us this long to get get a hold of you and get you on the show here. So hey, uh, I'm just I'm just glad to see a little pink on the rookie ladder, you know. <laughs> Anything. Wow. Hey, man, T-Mobile, baby. Hey, listen to me. It's must-see BG. <laughs> You're talking about Blake Griffin. is no longer as must-see BG. That's a good way of putting it. Man. That's Drew, for sure. Drew Packham, the rookie guru from NBA.com, joining us on the Hang Time Podcast. Hey, man, happy New Year to you, Drew. You too. Thanks, guys. All right, All now, Drew. Take care. You know what? We didn't even talk about Gary Neal from nope. uh, San Antonio. It was another one of these guys. It's a kind of a sneaky rookie class. Like, yeah, bunch of different guys that can sneak up on you and, you know, have a big night and then kind of fade into the background a little bit, you know, for a few games. It's different. No, it's it, different. It, the league. You said something earlier that really hit something home for me with this conversation. Is each year you're, you're looking for that next guy. Last year it was it was guard heavy. We remember we had what 15 guards and, and point guards you could pick from and yep. start your team and and, De- and we talked about Darren Collison. Well, he was a 21st pick. Chris Paul gets hurt, and he goes in there and plays like an all-star for 18 games. Yeah. And now this crop of rookies, it's a little bit of everything. Got big men, a couple guards, yeah. a couple slashers, so it makes it even another interesting rookie class. Yeah, and we had we had Hashim to beat last year too now. That's right. Has, has anybody think, seen uh, him? Kaboom. I think, uh, <laughs> I, was, I think this rookie sophomore game might be one of the more interesting ones of the last few years. Just for the just for the chance that Blake Griffin might break a backboard, or <laughs> I mean, in this the rookie team, if these guys are all healthy, that I mean, that's it's a better team, yeah, than the past few years. I mean, because you got a big man in Griffin Fields is kind of the swing guy. You got John yeah. Wall, you got Eric Bledsoe and 
Demarcus you know, Cousins, Bledsoe, Cousins, Aaron Neal, Wes be, Johnson. It get interesting, man. Keep yeah, it could be a really good game. Every year, to me, every year, that's I know people like different parts of All Star Weekend. I love. I mean, I love it. I love yeah. the rookie, the rookie challenge. It's like it's like a glorified McDonald's All American game. There yeah. you go. There <laughs> you go. Because all the guys that have been hyped up their junior, yeah. senior years in high school and one year of college, yeah. now they're giving us their goods. Speaking of the McDonald's game, three D. What you? What, how many did you drop in the Mickey D's game? I didn't have. I think I had like fifteen or six. One of the huge. You didn't have. You didn't, didn't, didn't go off. As, as my brother said, it was pedestrian like. Oh really? Couple threes. <laughs> he wasn't impressed. Yeah, it was, it was like he was like, oh, you got, you got an all right game. You got an all right game because you know you know I was scoring the way I scored, so right. I only had fifteen or sixteen. People was like, uh, not a couple deep threes. Let you show the range. Let <laughs> right. let's show you know that kind. But I didn't right. really have one of those huge huge games. Who won the uh, Who won the MVP of the year you played? Oh man, great question. I want to say we're in Philadelphia. I think Mark Macon got it. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I, mean, yeah. I think Mark Macon got it because we did it in yeah. Philadelphia that year. I used to tape, like, every year I used to tape the McDonald's game. But that was before guys would go play all summer at all these things. And, right. And you could see them on television. You only, well, you, I think it may have started in my year where you only could, you only could pick two. Right. Well, I mean, you, a lot of you guys had never seen each other until the McDonald's right, game. You know right. Because you had the Dapper Dan game back right, then, right. the East-West game back then. Mm-hmm. And then they'd say, you know what, y'all playing too many games, you only can pick two at the yeah. end of the year. My favorite year, I went to the game at uh, at Cobo Hall in Detroit. The year Derek Coleman was a senior in high school, mm. and J.R. Reed was a like the number one player. And J.R. Reed Man. got the MVP, and DC was not happy. Yep, because DC <laughs> ball. I'm talking about. Yeah, I remember that. He too. served people up that day. That was the year before me. Yeah, I sat yeah. next. Hey, yeah. I sat next to Digger Phelps. Yeah, at at the arena. How stupid is that? And uh, me and my dad sitting there, and, like, we laughing because Derek Coleman was, like, he was talking major noise to everybody during the game. You know, right. every bucket, every rebound, it's my house. You know, it's my city, blah, blah, <laughs> They announced that MVP. I thought <laughs> I thought it was going to be some problems. <laughs> you thought Detroit City. Detroit, <laughs> Detroit City. The D was not happy, baby. They the were, D was not liking that. They house. were not happy. But, I, I mean, seriously, I love the rookie challenge at, at All-Star Weekend just because it has that McDonald's feel to me, like, Last year, watching uh, who was it? Who's it that got all the rebounds last year? Dwan Blair. Dwan Blair. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, only in a only in the rookie challenge could you get away with doing that. Like, even the Sunday game, which is really uh, an exhibition showcase, right. not a yeah, serious right. basketball game. Right. Even they don't feel comfortable going to slapstick and just crazy as the, as the young kids do, which I love. No, you I gotta think, love it. The last two years have kind of been the Kevin Durant show. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 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 And now it's kind of he's gone, so yeah. Uh, now it's going to be. I think the next two years might be the Blake Griffin. The Blake Griffin. I show. hope so. I hope so. That, I mean, uh, we probably shouldn't be getting this amped up over a rookie, but I don't care. I don't care either. I love him. I, I just love watching. Him. I, I got mad at the boss last week on my day off. They had him on game time. <laughs> I said, I, I emailed Tony Lance. That's how you do me, Tony. You give me a day off, and you're playing must see BG. Oh man, do me that way. Yeah, I just I just looked up some uh, All Star Weekend statistics, and uh-huh. uh, our friend Dennis Scott here is uh, Uh-oh. is is in, is in a record. Uh oh, is, is, is this a good or a bad a record? Way, it's a good record. Oh, oh. he's tied for uh, fifth for the most consecutive shots made in the three point shootout. Oh, nineteen ninety one made nine shots in a row. Damn, oh, I like that. Oh, wait, I like those kind of. Three, you have I, I believe I've seen you on some file footage from All Star Weekend. Enjoying yourself. Man. Yeah, I've, I've been known to have a good time, <laughs> especially on the All Star Weekend. I've been known to let my hair down. I don't have any <laughs> how many how many three point contests did you do, Dennis? I've only been in two. I've only okay. been into I, 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 the years I wanted to be in more. I got injured, mm-hmm. right. and it's just one of those things where I wish 
we could vote for guys that we'd want to see and compare it to certain guys, you've got to make certain amount of shots. Right. And, because it's hard for certain guys like Capone, who we know can make the shot, but he's not playing. He ain't playing enough. Right. So, but I would rather see him in the contest because I know he can shoot the basketball. Yeah. And I think yeah. for me as, as a fellow shooter – Kind of get away from the guy's stats. If a guy can flat out shoot the basketball, let him get in the contest. Because there's certain things you can't control if you play on a good team and you don't get in the game. It's not, not your fault. Yeah, it's like, uh, when, what's his name, Daquan Cook? Right. Was in it a couple years ago. Like, I didn't know right. he had a stroke like that. Yeah, he can I had no idea. shoot the yeah. ball. But when you play with Miami behind D-Wade and those guys, you're not getting any minutes. Right. Well, the one year that Craig Hodges was in the contest and he wasn't even on the team. Right, right. Remember that? Was yep, he yep. the defending champ? Yep. That's, when yeah. you're, that's, when you're, that's when you're a ninja shooter. Though. Like, you can shoot in dark and yeah. shoot yeah. from another country. And, right. I mean, Craig Hodges makes shots backwards, upside down he with a blindfold. He still can shoot. <laughs> He's a shooting coach for the Lakers. Every yeah. time we were traveling with the Hawks, yeah. we'd go out there and come on, D, let's shoot. I'm like, man, you still stroke this thing. Yes. 3D, when That's you were when you were in the contest, did they still have it where it was uh, two people on the court at the same time? Yes. So See, one person that. on one like end, that. one person on the other end at the same time. Yep, yep. I like it that way too because one eye's on that person, another right. eye's on your shot, so you really got to concentrate and, and zone in. So yeah. it was fun. It was a lot of Candace fun. Candace Wiggins was here. Uh, she last stopped week. by the set of the jump last week, and she mentioned she wanted to get into a – she's like, I got to get into one of the contests during All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Like, she wanted to get in on that shooting at All-Star Weekend. Very nice to meet Candace Wiggins. And uh, stopped by the set of the jump last week. Which was great. That was so, fun. That was but, good stuff. No, seriously, I'm I'm trying to think what else is on because once we cross the new year, I, it's probably not right to be like that. My whole focus is now All Star Weekend. Like it's just a countdown to All Star Weekend. Like let's get to L A. and get this thing cracking. Man, let's get to L A. Let's get it cracking. Let's do what we do and have some fun. Let's enjoy the game. Let's see these young stars shine. I mean, why not? You hosting a party, Dennis? Say it again. Are you hosting a party? No. Man, no. Be working, baby. There's too much going on. going to be working. Especially in L.A. Yeah. It's just too much. I, I will admit, though, I've been approached by a couple of promoters. <laughs> hey, let's do a 3D party. Hey, jump fans. All, you know, con- yeah. connect all the shows and do all that. I said, that sounds, no. <laughs> <laughs> too much going on. Let Shaq throw the party. Man, baby. let Shaq throw the party. Let the, the player station throw the party. I'll show up, have a good time, and go home, back to my room, get a good night's sleep. Because like Sekou said, we're going to be working. Yeah, 3D Yo. big time this last year in Dallas, something terrible, Tulane. No, last didn't. year, you know that big Jumbotron screen they got? <laughs> last yeah. year, I look up, I'm sitting like seven rows back, right, behind, you know, the the Polynesian NBA <laughs> TV contingent. And I look up, and I'm looking at the 100-foot-long screen, 3D and Shaq in the front row, clowning with Drake and Lil Wayne. And all. I was like, what? We back here typing, blogging, you know, whatever, hustling. 3D is in the front row relaxing. I remember. I was sitting behind you. Say <laughs> hey, hey, Lane, I'm just happy I know some of the big people. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable, man. That, 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 listen, snowstorm or not, that All-Star weekend in Dallas was nice. Very I, nice. I, I had a very good time. Yeah, I had a good time. I had too. a very I was good time. To, I know L.A. is this year. What, what, have they announced next year yet? Uh, I think they don't announce that until to All-Star. Until All-Star, yeah. All-Star game? Yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah, I think they announced that All-Star, yeah. It's got to be Orlando, right? It's either I, I, Orlando or – Yeah, it's either Orlando or um, – Why can't they have it? I know where they should have it. Where? Miami. Again? Yeah. Haven't been to Miami yet? According to the internet, it says Orlando will host NBA All-Star 2012. Yeah, it's Orlando. Yeah, 12. Right. 12. Oh, yeah. 12. Yeah. 2012. New arena. I'm down. I'm still down with Dallas, yeah. man. Speaking yeah. of Dallas yeah. – Oh, long we got a we got a guy that we should have had on on the Hangtime podcast a y- years ago. I can't believe it's taking us this long to get him on the show here. 
My man, E.K. Sneed, Earl K. Sneed from Mavs.com. This, if you have not seen this guy's stuff on Mavs.com, you're missing it now. I mean, some great interviews, great great stories, great everything. Um, and we got him on the show today because we got to talk Mavs. We gotta, I mean, we got yeah. Dirk, Karan Butler. Earl, what's happening, man? What's up, fellas, man? I don't, I don't know if, uh, if you should have had me on the show years ago because, you know, in Dallas they call me uh, – Poor man, Sekou Smith. <laughs> so, they couldn't have me on the show until Sekou do that. That's terrible. You, they're doing you like that, huh? You know, I don't have all the covers and zeros at the end of my paycheck. Like, <laughs> you, you're surviving on uh, grilled cheese and beans down there, huh? Yeah, man. Top, wow. top chef ramen. That's know? terrible, man. <laughs> listen, it's good to hear you, though. We Listen. Give us some insight on what's going on down there right now with Corona. I know Dirk's situation is is pretty much settled. Everybody's understanding that he'll be back here shortly. But what's the feeling with Corona and this and, and the injury he suffered the other night? Well, uh, it doesn't sound good, uh, just from what everybody's saying. Of course, you've probably already read what the great R. Garcia wrote on NBA.com. But you know what Coach Carlisle said is is potentially serious. Yeah. I've got all my emails pulled up right now. I got the cell phone waiting <laughs> to go up. You know, uh, we're waiting on MRIs to come back. Hopefully later on today. But right now they're just calling it a right right knee injury. Mm. How how serious do you? I mean, if, if just hypothetically speaking, if if they have to play the rest of the season without Karan, give us an idea of the magnitude of that blow. Man, it's huge because he's been like. If you remember when Josh Howard was in Dallas, he was mm-hmm. the first quarter scorer. He was the third quarter scorer. Yeah. Coming out of the, uh, each half, he would take the offense. That's what they've had Karan pretty much doing. He's been the guy to get everyone into the flow, and he's really been operating great with Jason Kidd. He actually came off 30 points before that Milwaukee game against San Antonio. So then he goes into Milwaukee. He's feeling good. He's looking loose. He's playing in front of the hometown fans. He bought 150 tickets for friends and family. Oh, wow. and then he goes down, you know. But then you replace a two-time All-Star with a four-time All-Star. Sean Marion's back, you know. <laughs> right. He missed one game with the thigh contusion, but then he comes back, he has 22 against Cleveland. Yeah. Earl, hey, it's, it's Lang. Um, I, I mean, Lang? let's say, like, if, I mean, you know, no one wants it, but if, if he's injured and he's out for a significant time, is Marion enough to, to cover for that, or, or do you think Dallas has to, to do something else or look a different direction? Well, you know, with, with Sean Marion, you know, he's been operating a lot as a three and a four. Right. He's actually been subbing in for Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, he's the first sub coming off the bench. You know, Jason Terry's been called the sixth man, but it's really been Sean Marion. And he's come in at four, and he and Karana played together. So now you thrust him back into being a three, which he's still comfortable being that, in that role, but he's really been posting up a lot more. Now they called up uh, Dominic Jones, the rookie, and he's going to take a lot of uh, – the stress off of the perimeter scores. But also, Coach Carlisle tried this three-guard lineup a lot against Cleveland. You know, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, Deshaun Stevenson. So Deshaun was actually playing a lot of three. Uh, I think they'll see how it works, and I think they're still waiting to hear how long Corrine's going to be out for. But at the same time, you know, Mr. Cuban's very opportunistic if a deal comes up. Right. What about my man Roddy Boubois? I mean, surely he's... Roddy Buckets. (laughs) Surely he's ready to... (laughs) To, to get back out there soon, and that could maybe take some of that sting away, huh? Yeah, that's your guy. I forgot. Bucky yeah, come on guy. now, man. <laughs> my guy out. Well, I'll say it like this. He should never miss another free throw. <laughs> <laughs> he's, been, he's been shooting a lot of free throws, a lot of set shots, because they haven't cleared him for jump shooting yet. 
Uh, I think they're hoping to get him back. You know, his timetable's getting pushed back further and further. But at the same time, they didn't need him. When the Mavs won 12 games in a row, like no one was talking, where's Roddy Butters? You know, in fact, you start thinking, where does he fit in in the rotation? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, the now Karan goes down. They bring in Dominique. You know, Jets starting to get things going. But you could really use that perimeter scoring. So I don't think they're going to rush him back. But if he uh, can elevate what he's able to do in practice and actually start taking some jump shots, start doing some contract, contact drills, I think he'll be ready to go, hopefully, uh, before the end of January. Hey, Earl, isn't this a, a, a tough situation for the Mads from the standpoint of Jason Kidd? We, we can never give him enough praise to how well he's playing at his age at a high level. But now if you ask him to do more, isn't that kind of putting too much pressure on the guy that's getting a little up in age and he's already doing so much for you? Yeah, in fact, it was funny because uh, they got pushed to the limit against Sacramento, and I was joking around with him. I said, you're not used to playing these four quarters. He had been playing about 30, 32 minutes. Right. And he had to play 38 minutes against Sacramento, I think, that game. So, you know, you're asking him not only to play longer minutes, longer stretches, but now he has to score. He he doesn't just come out and, you know, get those occasional triple-doubles, but he has to actually put up 13, 14, 15 points a night. And I think if you have to put more on his shoulders and he has to put play more minutes, then, you know, you're just going to wear him down over the course of the season. Now, J.J. Barea is playing pretty well, but that goes back to what Feku was saying. If you can bring in Roddy Buckets, he can play a little backup point. It takes a lot off of Jason Kidd's shoulders. Uh, you know, the one thing that, that worries me, Earl, in in – Everybody knows Karan's nickname, you know, Tough Juice. Mm-hmm. I just feel like without him, the Mavs lose their edge. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. Sean Marion can come in and give you a lot of what he brings, but not that not that griminess, you know, not mm-hmm. that force when you need it, not that hard foul when you need it, not that yeah. that, that tough shot in the teeth of the defense. But, you know, a lot of things that Karan brings that are going to be really hard to replace for that team offensively and defensively. I'm, I'm wondering – and when I, and I, I'm really not wondering. I'm, I'm sure Rick Carlisle and his staff have thought about this. Is there is there a situation where they may have to, like you said, look around and see what's out there if you know if it gets to that point? I think they'll look around and see. I don't know if they'll actually test the waters. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they might make a couple phone calls. They might listen to a couple phone calls. Sure. But it's funny that you talked about that toughness because uh, that's the one thing Rick Carlisle talked about whenever Kamon got up. He refused to to walk with anyone carrying him off the court. You know, you don't really know how serious that injury injury was. Yeah. Right. But he got up and he walked himself off the court. You know, and, and that just shows that toughness. That's why his nickname is Tough Juice. But on the defensive end, I think Tyson Chandler will be the guy to deliver that hard foul. He's been the heart yeah. and soul of the defense all season. So right. I don't think they'll lose that gritty toughness necessarily as long as they have Chandler. And also, Deshaun Stevenson is one of those lockdown defenders also on the perimeter. So I think they'll be okay in terms of toughness. But, you know, Cabral was really the number two, number three scorer behind Dirk and Jason Terry. So you, you really need that offense more than anything. Mm. Earl, you know, we talked on, on the beat on NBA TV a couple weeks ago about Dallas and we've seen them rip off these big win streaks the last few years. Like what about this team makes you believe that this team is different than the last few years, as far as having some postseason or more postseason success than they've had? Uh, Tyson Chandler. <laughs> I okay. can sum it up in two words, pretty much. When you have a guy like that, who's blocking shots, I'm, I'm sorry, no disrespect to Eric Dampier. But <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No, disrespect, disrespect. No, disrespect. Because he, he did nothing for you guys for four years, so disrespect. Right. But, I mean, 
it's, it's a big difference when you have a guy who will catch the ball and finish above the rim. You know, Dan had baby hands. You know, a lot of times the ball would just sort of slip off his hands whenever Jason Kidd would throw it up. Or watch too many movies, had butterfingers. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We're going to make sure 3D gets blamed for all of this. Yeah, I get blamed. I take it. That's all 3D. I take it. It's all me. That's all 3D. It's all me. But at the same time, you also have somebody who's blocking shots, you know. And Jason Terry, Jason Kidd have been able to pay the passing lanes, get a lot of steals. Uh, they've been able to cheat a lot more, too. And then there's Mavs' zone defense. They play more zone than any team in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And they've actually stuck with it. If a team hits a whole bunch of threes or something like that, they don't get out of it. I think they got uh, rebounded 54-39 to by Chicago. And the next game, they played like 80% zone. So they didn't get out of it. So I, I think that zone defense, I don't know if you can win a championship with it, but it can carry you to a point to where your man can actually come along slowly and you can actually start the lockdown guys as a playoffs approach. It's going to be very interesting to watch this team and how they fare after this because, man, they not only, Lang, you mentioned all the streaks they had they'd run off, but all the streaks they ended. Yeah, like, yeah. They they were they were street killers mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, in a great race in the Western Conference, you know, between the Mavs, the Spurs, the Lakers. If they get off the bat at you know twenty three and eleven, we've been killing the Lakers today, mm-hmm. Earl, like they horrible or something. <laughs> <laughs> just because you know the Lakers lose two or three games, and we all go to doomsday scenario. But um, it, what what do you think happens in that Western Conference down the stretch? You know, once we get to All Star break and then that. Those last few weeks, how do you how do you see this thing playing out in terms of the rat race to get that top spot? It's kind of funny because you know San Antonio's been sitting up top all season long. The Mavs go into San Antonio and they break the Spurs' twelve game winning streak, and then when they come here, they come to Dallas. Uh, the Spurs play a Dirkless Mavs team. They only win by six. Uh, the Mavs have beaten Boston, they've beaten Utah, they've beaten Miami. So not just the heavyweights in the Western Conference, but the whole league. they got uh, a four-game road trip coming up. They've got a three, three-game homestand this week and then a four-game homestand. And then they host the Lakers. It'll be the first time you see how their length matches up with the Lakers' length. Yeah. But I think uh, if the Mavs can get healthy at the right time, I think talent-wise they can match up with anybody. Like, again, we don't know how long Karan is going to be out. Right. But I think if they can play this type of defense, I think they're ranking top five in terms of points allowed. If they play this type of defense all season long, I think they match up great with the Spurs, even though the Spurs have, you know, they've had a really light schedule leading up to this point. I think they match up well with them, and then you never really know what the Lakers are going to do. I think they'll turn it on when it's time to turn it on. But right now I think the Mavs are right there top three in the West. No doubt about it. Listen, man, I, again, I apologize that that it's taking us so long to get you on the uh, show. That's cool. You know. Seku will be big time in me sometimes. <laughs> no, that's, that's my brother, though, man. I appreciate everything, man. Hey, no Earl, doubt. Hey, Earl, real quick before we let you go, what did you think about Mark Cuban's comments about Charles Barkley on TNT the other night saying the Mavs were the best oh, team yeah. in the West? Yeah. And then Mark Cuban said, wait a minute, Charles, slow down. <laughs> yeah, Ever yeah. since that comment, the injuries, not playing well, what did you think about <laughs> right. that? It was funny because they're playing that clip. You know, Mark Cuban does his pregame workout right. every game on his uh, Stairmaster, and I'm standing right next to him when they play that clip, and he just drops his head. <laughs> the second Charles said, he said, Charles, just shut up right now. <laughs> like, he, he agreed with them, but, he, you know, he doesn't want to come out and right. say that he agreed right. with them. Right. At the same time, uh, Cuban said the great thing was when the Mavs won their 12-game winning streak, he felt like the team was too cocky. So when they lost to Milwaukee, he felt like that could be the 
that they need to actually get this team to wake up and say, we got to come to play every night. Now the injuries are starting to take its toll. So it'll be interesting to see how he feels about the team. I'll, I'll get a chance to talk to him. Of course, you know, he's vacationing right now. He likes to uh, <laughs> spend the holidays in warmer climates than uh, we had to experience in Cleveland and Milwaukee. So, <laughs> you know, whenever he gets back, uh, I'll, I'll ask him what he thinks about it. But, yeah, when Charles made that uh, comment, he just dropped his head, man. <laughs> That's all right. Well, listen, man, Earl, we, we're going to see you down the road, man, and um, we'll definitely see you. I know All-Star Weekend will be a big weekend out there in L.A., Probably oh, yeah. have plenty of Mavericks, you know, involved in the uh, festivities going on. So. Hey, why you why you got me on? I need I need to hook up into uh, Jets TNT party. Man. <laughs> I see what I can do. I see what you can do. Three D say you gonna take care. I appreciate. All right, boy. K. Sneed from Mavs dot com. You can check him out on Twitter at eks underscore Mavs NBA. We appreciate you, man. All right, man. All right, now, Charles. You know that's I forgot all about. Charles and Cuban's thing last week. I'm glad you brought that up, 3D, because when Cuban came out and said the Heat were the best team, you know, it was like what? Uh, what? And they were they were rolling, rolling. The Mavs break bust their streak. Right. It's, it's almost like you don't want to even like don't say it. Like <laughs> you don't want to jinx somebody. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's like you don't want to talk about them, or you yeah. just kind of want to go with the flow. You don't want to jinx it. And and by the way, Lang, I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh. Our main man, David Aldridge, this morning tip today had a real smooth breakdown of the Mavs' zone defense. And, yeah, uh, I did read that. Did you see that? Yeah, that was good, too. I, so much good stuff on NBA.com all the time. But on Mondays, if you don't have time to sit down and check out the morning tip, David Aldridge's morning tip, you need to print it out and save it for later. It's like what a, it's a must-read basketball item for the week. Hmm. I mean, it's always got some great stuff. Right. Got to mm-hmm. check that out on NBA.com. Um Lang, have you been? I'm, I'm not a big hockey fan. I don't know about you, Micah. Um, no, three. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I've been watching this 24 seven. I haven't watched Penguins it. Capitals never, thing. Have you seen I, any of this? I've heard it was really good, though. Man, it was PO outstanding. Does those sports documentaries like better than anybody. Yeah, it was amazing. outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so they played an outdoor. Not that this is something unique because Michigan and Michigan State played like the largest outdoor hockey game last month. I think mm-hmm. had a hundred some thousand people there. But the Penguins and Capitals played an outdoor game, you know, like what they call it, the Winter Classic or something. Yeah. And um, they, they this this lead up this lead up was like the twenty four seven they do for boxing matches. Right, right. It's like you know a month, well, you know, one show a week for a month leading up to it. Right. I didn't watch the game, but I watched the, the, all of the shows leading up to it. Was the game anywhere near? As good as the shows that led up to it, Micah? Did you see any of it? It wasn't I, as good as the documentaries, but that's just because the doc, you know, the shows leading up were so good. Yeah. It was an okay game. The weather wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it rained, it right? It was kind of rainy, and I guess I don't really know how that affects. I mean, I know how rain affects ice in general. <laughs> I don't know how it affects it on a hockey rink, but yeah. uh, it was an okay game. Okay, because we got we got to get uh, we got to get NBA TV to do some twenty four seven action hmm. leading up to you know like a big. Big maybe event. for the maybe for the Christmas All-Star? games next year or something. Ooh, you like know what I'm saying? That. I like that. 3D, you you connected over there, man. Like Talk that. to some people I'm, now. You big shot. I, yeah, I see what I can make some things happen. Yeah, but those shows are on <laughs> like that one, that 24 seven, and the NFL Hard Knocks. Those are all HBO. I know because they can show the guys cursing. Anything, right. anything they do, Lang, we can do better, baby. We just gotta get our come our, on now. We just gotta get our bleep button ready. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do Hank Tom podcast 24 seven. I I just you know I'm. I had no reason whatsoever to watch the stuff, and I just happened to be sitting at the house one like a couple Saturdays ago, 
and I flicked past it. And these cats, these hockey players were so much funnier than I thought they would be when they showed them away from the ice, like hanging out with their families and mm-hmm. stuff. It's it's always one thing to me that when you watch those sorts of shows, it gives you so much more insight into the, the personality of these people than you ever get watching yeah. games and watching them compete. That's real reality TV compared to some of that mess we got out here. <laughs> did you did you did it make you more into to hockey, Seku? I mean, I mean, you, I, still, I, you still didn't watch the game though, right? No, I, I didn't. I didn't have a chance to watch the game because um, it was on Saturday night, right? It was, yeah, it was and I was still hiding under the bed after Mississippi State put fifty two <laughs> on my Wolverines. That's right. Ooh. But the thing, the thing that flipped me out, Lang, is a dude fr- that I that was in high school, graduated from high school the same time I did, went to a. Not a rival school of mine, but a suburban high school um, named Mike Newble, or they called him Knubel on the show. When we were in high school, his name was Mike Newble, but he was a he was like an all state linebacker at East Kentwood High School where I grew up. Big dude, like a big. I didn't know he was some Latvian immigrant, you know. And uh, but he was a big time football player in high school and an all state hockey player. The dude is still playing in the NHL all these years later. I was stunned when I saw it. I was like, it had it had to be the same dude. Uh, I I've been to like two hockey games in my life, and uh-huh. I, I didn't grow up watching. I grew up in Atlanta, and the the Thrashers weren't there when I grew up. But both times I've been in person, it's it's really impressive. Like you, you think of those guys, you don't think of them as athletes for some reason because you think of them as being on skates. And but it, I mean, uh, it, that's some, that's some physical work. Mm-hmm. It's incredible the the beating those guys take. Yeah. Like they're all on. They're three, on it's like football on three skates. twenty minute periods. It, and they play so many games. That's the other you know, thing. I mean, and they play an NBA schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's what's incredible. To me, they got to be as close to when you talk about duration and the toll, you know, the tax and you put on your body. Like one dude got cracked in the face. He scored his first goal and then got cracked in the face with a puck <laughs> on a slap shot. It was the nastiest. But, you know, I thought when I was watching it, I thought about you because I was like, wow, D.C., you know, and I was thinking – Pittsburgh is not an NBA town, but D.C., you know, Ted right. Leonsis, they mentioned yep. him. Yeah. You know, that's a and, – and they show Clyde's, my favorite spot, right there next to the arena that's right. in, that's right. in uh, D.C. But it was just very interesting, and I thought I, – I want people I – w- I would love for people to see NBA players in that same context, you know, because it gives you such a different insight into what kind of guys they are and kind of what kind of lifestyle that is. Well, I've never been a big hockey fan. Yeah. But I do respect them because – they're playing the game not on roller skates, a thin blade <laughs> on some ice. Yeah. And every play, like in football, is a train wreck. Where every seem like every play in hockey is an accident as well, too. And when they start <laughs> to fight and losing their teeth and all that kind of mess, yeah, it was a lot of missing choppers. Right, I respect them. <laughs> not crazy about the game, but I do give them respect. There's a whole lot of snagger two smiling on this show. <laughs> you know, last year I did a story in Slam where I traveled with the Hawks for like that. It was actually to Dallas. I'm I'm yeah. Earl out there. But Mike Woodson let me come to the the morning shoot around closed door meeting mm-hmm. and sit in and take notes and and I felt like I mean I've been around basketball my whole life I've been around the NBA for ten years and I felt I learned more like in that hour yeah than I'd had in, you know the previous five years combined just because that's the kind of stuff you never get to see right unless you're a player or a coach right mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. and just being in there to hear Woodson and those guys uh, try to scheme for Dirk and you know they spent. 10 minutes talking about Roddy, Roddy Buckets, your guy, how they were going to have to try to figure out how to slow him down. And then he didn't even play in the game. Right. No one knew that was coming. Um, and there's just so much of that little tiny strategy stuff. And that's the kind of stuff I really love, and we probably um, don't get to see enough of that. And, you know, I, to some extent I understand because the coaches, they they keep it close to the vest. Right. You know, they don't want people to know what they're planning and plotting. But 
I, I do agree. I think if, if if we could get that kind of access, that's the kind of stuff that's just great to watch. Yes, I mean because it that show d- d- did exactly what it was supposed to do. It it grabbed people who weren't hockey fans. Yeah, yep. and made them watch. I ended up watching. You know, I'm, I'm looking it up on my. You know, my uh, DV, whatever I got, whatever it's called. I'm looking it up to see when the next show came on because I was like, I want to make sure I see the series all the yeah. through. And then I was like, I was so confused by the end of the series. I didn't know if the game had already happened. You know, like this winter classic. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. if it had been played already or not. And uh, and I saw it was played Saturday night, I think. And uh, Yeah, it was supposed to be a day game. And they right, and they moved it back because of the weather or something. Yeah. So, um, by the way. How much snow did you come home to yesterday? You, you say you just got home, but did it, did it all go yesterday. away? Uh, well, the thing with New York is, and I, I mean, I learned this in the 10 years I've been here, is that they're pretty used to snow here. Like we Last year, <laughs> there was one day it snowed 18 inches in one day, in 24 hours, and we still had to go to work the next day. You, <laughs> you, like Nothing gets canceled. You, It's supposed to be like normal. So, uh, I mean, everything's pretty much it's been about a week now so everything's kind of cleaned up here there's still like the big piles of dirty snow on the street corners but uh it's 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 mostly cleaned up yeah last week john schumann i think he sent an email and said that he was going out to shovel 19 inches of snow yeah at his uh, out of his front yard i thought to myself and you wonder why we leave man i'm never moving home (laughs) never we get if we get 18 (laughs) minutes of snow flurries that don't stick yeah, in Atlanta they shutting it down. Hello. Well, I did like that we had a white. I mean, I was in Atlanta for Christmas. It was cool that it snowed on Christmas Day. They said that was the first white Christmas in Atlanta since eighteen eighty something. Yeah, wow. eighteen eighty two. Yeah. Wow. So that was kind of cool. That's crazy. Well, listen, we got we got a lot of work to do now. We got to get yeah. our own NBA twenty four seven cooked up between now and All Star Weekend. Um, Lang, you got you got some shot callers that you know. Make some calls, Make brother. Make it happen, Lang. Stop playing Let's around. go, 3D. We can do hang time hang time, 24-7. Listen, I'm trying to tell you. Well, let's do this. I have audio, audio of Seeker <laughs> like, telling his son to go Sneaking to bed. Sneaking around somebody's. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaking around somebody's backyard. <laughs> Y'all are terrible, man. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, hey, even with all of the uh, antibiotics and cough medicine and, uh, you know, Power aids and everything else we sucking down around here. It's good to be back. Hang time podcast, first show of 2011. Uh, definitely need to thank our guest Drew Packham of NBA.com, the rookie guru, Earl K. Sneed from Mavs.com. Glad to finally get him on the show. Lang Whitaker, executive editor of Slam Magazine, always here with us rocking in 3D. Dennis Scott from the jump, from game time, from everything. You see him all over the place, all over the airwaves on NBA TV. Working hard. Micah Hart, our super producer. We will see you all next time. Later. See you. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hang Time blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com. You can follow Seku and Lang on Twitter at SekuSmithNBA and Lang with it. The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter, but we'll let you know when they do. 